All right, here we go. Episode three of this podcast. All right. All right. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, you you look like you're dressed to just hang out today. <laughs> what, are you, what, what are your plans today? Today is my wife's birthday. Ooh. So we are, uh, after this, we're going to take a little road trip out to the, the beach and go hang out. Just a day trip. Go play in the sand and get some pizza or something like that and hang out. Well, that's going to be fun. I hope you guys have a great day with that. Mike, uh, this last weekend, you gave me the opportunity to to speak. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much for that. Um, how, how was your weekend? I know, I guess it wasn't, I didn't intend to go this direction, but we kind of have some exciting news in Longview, right? Because we're, we're more than just our church. Uh, yeah. One of our sister churches has some awesome developments and you kind of went and check that out. Yeah. So first of all, man, you, I've said this already, but you did a great job this weekend sharing about forgiveness. And, and I think that it's a theme that you can never just, you can never talk about enough. Uh, rem- being reminded of our standing before God is forgiven and then how that works out in our life as we forgive others. I, I was, uh, I was convicted. I was encouraged. I was, I was really just thrilled with the way you handled the word and, oh, thank and you. the way the Lord was working in my life. And then also, uh, so that I went to two of our services and then, yeah. uh, at 11, I went to Highlands Baptist out on the other side of town and they have a brand new pastor. He actually comes out of Valley. His name is Amit yeah. Konidala, a great young man, loves the Lord, loves the gospel, preached with passion, just a sweet congregation there. And I, I am so hopeful for how he is going to help lead that church to really reach that community. It's, it's cool to watch. It's exciting to see God move in such a a larger perspective, right? Because we remember that church isn't just Valley. It's, it's the entire body of Christ. Right. It's, it's those of us who claim Jesus as Lord and savior. And it's exciting to root for him as he can, as he steps into that ministry, we should, as a church, we should be praying for him. And, praying for him. I imagine yeah. down the road, we'll partner, maybe some projects together, maybe us going and just helping serve there in some really strategic ways I think would be really cool. All right. All right. All right, Mike, I want to kind of pivot into today's topics. Uh, but before I do, I actually I wanted to share something really quick, kind of a reminder of something that we've got going on at the church right now. We have the uh, caring, the caring pregnancy center baby bottle fund fundraiser, correct? That's right. Yeah. So, Mike, can you explain a little bit of what that is and, and how we're supporting the CPC? Yeah. So Caring Pregnancy Center, CPC, it's a, a organization in Longview and they provide care for families, specifically for young families, for expecting moms and for moms of young kids, as well as dads. And they really stand in the gap when when a, a young gal gets pregnant or any gal gets pregnant and they're like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't if they're, if they're wrestling with whether or not they should keep the kid which is a reality today, uh, CPC steps in and they provide resources. They provide teaching and coaching and care and community and everything that a young family or a young woman would need to to say, I'm going to, I'm going to value this life. I'm going to stand for life. They do a great job. And, and so we're doing this little fundraiser. They do actually with lots of churches where they, they hand out baby bottles. And so between Mother's Day and Father's Day, we hand those out to church uh, tenders, members. Yep. We fill it with change or with cash or with checks or however generous we want to be. And we send it back to them to just help them do what they're doing. Yep. And just in case you weren't able to get a baby bottle, I know we had some people asking last weekend for baby bottles and they were, they were all gone. I just put money in that little baggie and bring it in. It's... The baby bottle is cute, but the, the point is just to bring in, it's, 
I just they they're asking for loose change. It originally is what they asked for. Really, but you can put it in for like what you just a checks or dollar bills if you want. Yep. So it's it's anything. You know what? You know what's really trendy right now is mason jars. You can just grab a mason jar. A mason jar is better just, than a plastic baggie. Yeah, yeah. And just bring <laughs> it on in. So, all right. So, Mike, this is episode three. Um, we're going to do something different this time. Uh, I know some people aren't really big on the long form uh, p- content. So we're going to break up our conversation into smaller bite-sized pieces. The first week we talked about the gospel. Uh, last week we talked about just kind of strong families. This week I want to talk about missionalism and serving our local communities. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess off the top then, what what is missionalism? What is, what's the ideas behind serving our local communities in our mission statement? Yeah. So if you want definitions, there, there's actually lots of different definitions about the word missionalism or being missional and, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of people debate over them and that's not what we really want to do. What we really want right. to do is just get the big idea. The big idea is, is when you live on mission, you're living intentionally for Jesus, looking for opportunities to serve people and love people in a way that, that helps them grow in faith, helps them become a disciple, helps them believe. And so it's really saying, God placed me in this community. Uh, I'm living here, whatever neighborhood I'm in, whatever school my kids go to, whatever place I work at, whatever I do with my leisure activity, God placed me here for a reason. That reason is to represent him and to love people in his name. Yeah. Would you say that it's, it's an outliving of the great commission and it's from what I understand, from and honestly, the, the attitude I've adopted is that I, I, oftentimes when we talk about missionaries, we think of t- sending people to like Tanzania and China and, and Thailand and all these exotic places. But really being missional is understanding that wherever we're at, even locally, being called to our workplaces or to the PT, PTO groups, PTA, PTO, PTA, PTA, sorry, I don't have kids, uh, PTA groups, all those things that we, all these circles that we naturally are a part of, we are actually missionaries to these I like to use the word tribes, these, these people that we naturally have affinity with just because of some other common interests that we have. That's though we have those common interests, the gospel is still foundational for our lives. And the gospel is something that I would like to see make an impact in the people that I know and I I hang out with. Yeah, that's right. There's a great, uh, I think it's a Charles Spurgeon quote. I might have this wrong, but, but he has this line that he says that every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Yeah. And the idea there is, is if, if you truly have experienced the grace uh, of Jesus Christ, if you've been regenerate, if you have new life in Christ, then you're living with the purpose of Christ driving you forward with, with the gospel as a burning passion. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of where you are, you don't have to go to the other end of the world. You're living as a missionary today, right now. Yeah. And I think for me, one thing that propels the idea of being missional in my mind is the gospel. The gospel is constantly dominating my mind when I meet people, when I oftentimes people want to like, I don't know how I get into these conversations, but they'll share like things that are happening in their lives. And what I see is brokenness, which mm-hmm. is it's sin. It's a rebellion. Maybe they've been sinned against or they have sin has led to death and destruction in their family and they need Jesus. Yeah. And as I see that, I, I want so deeply for them to know the Lord so they can be delivered, so they can be healed. And I, I can't escape that everywhere I go, I see death and brokenness because that's, that's a Christian worldview. It's the gospel. And so when that's domineering my mind, I can't help but want to share the cure for that. That's like if you, if you were, if you were, if you had cancer and then you fought cancer and you won, right? And you're walking around everywhere and you're seeing all these things that lead to cancer and people are getting 
if they're going to get cancer, they're dying of cancer. You're going to be like, man, this is what you need. This is, this is it. It's in your mind that's all right. the time. Yeah. It's conviction that you carry with you everywhere you go. Right. Yeah. So that's foundational. And so a lot of times we talk about this and, and there's just, I think this, this idea of living on mission or, or being intentional with how you live like Jesus and for Jesus, it, it, it pushes against some, some areas in our life that, that maybe we fall into certain traps, right? Okay. Cause sometimes if we're part of a church, we begin to insulate. And as Christians, we, we find, oh man, I'm saved and I love church and I love church people. And we end up spending the, the lion's share of our, our time, our free time in particular at church stuff, mm-hmm. or we gravitate toward other Christians in the workplace. And, and what we end up doing is insulating our life from the, what you mentioned, the, the brokenness or the lostness or the, those who don't have the gospel. And, you know, in, in past times it's been called the, the holy huddle, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's a danger because then we're, we're filling all of our time with, with good things, but this actually not the heartbeat of God to live on mission as, as someone who's looking for those opportunities to engage in the lives of, of people who don't know Jesus. Right. That's, that's one of the ways we err. The other way we err though, is to get so fired up. Like you said, you know, you, when you were talking about how you see brokenness, I'm, I'm thinking the sixth sense, I, I see dead people, yeah, right? Like, yeah. but, but I am we, Bruce Willis. No, wait, we, no, I'm the kid. You're the kid. The, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> you, you derailed me because I just told you about Bruce Willis throwing out a first pitch at a baseball game last week. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was terrible. But yeah. that's uh, maybe we can link to <laughs> a video of that. Yeah. But, uh, the, the other extreme is to live on mission where you see every person who doesn't know Jesus as a target. And, and you're just living to present the gospel to them and, and really like drive Jesus into them. And if you sense that they're not open to it, or if they shut you down, then you just kind of walk away from that relationship. And so sometimes we live in a very disingenuous way where we're actually not caring about the people around us. They are, the the term in the past is a project. They are someone that we're working on instead of someone we actually befriend and care about and love regardless of what the Lord does in their life. Okay. And so the, the idea here is when we live on mission, we, we are living like Jesus. How did Jesus live? He cared for people. He met the needs of people. He sacrificed for people. He was a friend of sinners. Sinners. Yeah. So he literally was, was a friend of them and, and engaged them and loved them. And, and I think we do the same exact thing. We, we love them wherever they are. We care for them. We look out for them. Right. We pray for them. We look for opportunities to have spiritual conversations. We, we hope that we can have a gospel conversation. But if, if they don't believe, that doesn't change the fact that we still love them. Yeah. And we still care for them. Or we're still their friends and we still pull for them and still go to their kids' sports games and still show up at birthday parties. And, and just we are present in their lives regardless because, because of a genuine love for them. So I... Man, there was a lot said just now. I kind of want to back it up and kind of break it down a little bit. So if I'm hearing you correctly, when it comes to missionalism and and reaching out to others, what you talked about extremes, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, maybe I think of worlds. My like I, I make this joke sometimes. I'm like, hey, I love it when I see my worlds collide. And so I have my tribe. That is my church. And then I have a tribe of people that I work out with that I see on a, on a daily basis. And every now and then I'll see, quote unquote, my worlds collide. And 
I think what you were talking about earlier is that we, we don't want to spend too much time in just one of these communities. We want to spend time in both of these communities and have equal effort in those. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And we need church family. Yeah. Right. That, that's, I mean, we're commanded to love each other, to care for each other, to, to bear each other's burdens. That does not happen without church community. If, if we're not part of a local church, yeah. we are not living out the full expression of Christian life. We are missing something very dear to, to God's heart. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we get stuck only doing that, then we become inward focused. The, the community strengthens us and encourages us as we go out to care for those who, who God sends us to. And that's, that brings up a great, a great point. Cause there are some churches that are so scared of the world that they just have their holy huddle. They sit in their churches and they judge everyone else around them. They don't want anything to do with the world around them. And when people from outside the church come to visit, it feels really cold and mm-hmm. sterile. And that's not what we're talking about. We don't want that. That's, that's that one extreme of that holy huddle. Yeah, we had some people visit Valley and they were telling us about uh, a different spot that they visited. Mm -hmm. And they said that they went there and they weren't spoken to by anyone. They actually went to a a church like event, not a Sunday service. And they they literally sat outside of a circle of all the church people. And that's kind of, I think what you're talking about, like this mentality, like we are, we are for us instead of we are for the good of our community and the good of the world in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And Typically, churches like that, they, they all the money they spend is about maintaining their building or having like the greatest of everything. Because it's all about them. It's, it, what it becomes is about them being comfortable in their own huddle. Yeah. When church actually should be kind of uncomfortable because we're trying, we're constantly trying to see new people come to know the Lord. If there's ever a time that something actually evolves, right? The idea of new information being added to an organism and then like it grows. That's it's the church. There should be new people being added and it changes kind of the philosophy, not the theology of a church, but really like the outliving of the gospel and other things as, as it grows up. Um, I, I kind of had a question that kind of pushes back though on the idea of, um, I guess balance and I, maybe it doesn't, but as you were kind of going through the idea of people, um, challenging them to make sure that they are, you know, or they're plugged in with the church, but also so plugged in with people of the world. What would you say to the people who feel like, man, they have to leave their friends behind who are worldly or, 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 or maybe I'll, say, I'll use the word godless. Mm, that's too strong. But people who are a bad influence, right? And it, like when I was in eighth grade, that was, that was me. I, uh, I had this weird choice in my life where I was like, okay, I feel like I want to get really involved in my church and my youth group. But at the same time, I also wanted to be popular and hang out with these students at school. And then I had this, I felt like I came to this crossroads where I felt like I needed to leave behind these people so that I could follow the Lord. And there was a season in my life that like, and I'm not saying this is the right thing. I'm, I'm in, in hindsight, I'm kind of wondering if I could have done this differently or better, but I left behind all that just so that I could focus on just growing. And, and really actually I was part of a Holy huddle for a while until I was, I felt like I was sent back out. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, those are tough questions that kind of situation by situation, right? Yeah. Like how, how do you, look back. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. And you look back and you say, man, I wish I could have done that a little bit differently. And we all have that. I, I, I think if, if we, if we do a better job as church leaders yeah. to coach people in those situations where we say, Hey, you, you, you have this group of friends and they are, 
they're not following Jesus and they're doing bad things. Say you, you're called to be an influencer among them, but not influenced by them. And if we give people support and encouragement to do that, man, that's ideal, right? Because, because those are, that's the mission field right there. Mm -hmm. And how many times is your story? Just like many of our stories, we pull out of our, uh, all of our relationships of people who don't know the Lord, because we have to, you know, we have to be holy ourselves, which Mm -hmm. meant there are times where that has to happen, right? right? If you were an alcoholic and all your friends hang out at the bar and, and you struggle with that, intensely, you you probably shouldn't go hang out at the bar as a missionary. Right. Right. So it's case by case, but, but at the end of the day, we want to, we want to help people know how to be strong in those situations to engage those people, to love them well, and, and also have the right kind of, uh, mindset so that they don't get lured away. And you know, that's, that always reminds me of what a church service is supposed to be in many ways. Because oftentimes, if you've been a missionary, if you've been connected with the Lord, trying to reach out to people throughout the week, it's it should be a reprieve. It should be encouraging to be able to come amongst. Yeah, I know there's there's a big truck out here. Okay, we are back. I mean, you've probably been here the whole time listening, but uh, we actually just had a really weird interruption. Uh, the city of Longview basically just dropped off a bunch of machinery in the church parking lot, and it was just loud and very distracting. I do not remember where I was going with my thoughts, but I do know that I actually wanted to touch back on the idea of disingenuousness, uh, something that you touched on. And I wrote this down as a question because sometimes people have asked me uh, this very question is, do you feel that it is disingenuous to see a people group or a tribe and then to be a, I don't want to use the word infiltrate. I just, I guess, do you think it's disingenuous to start a relationship with people only so that we can share the gospel with them? Yeah, I I don't know if very many of us have a single driving motive in those moments. Yeah. If it's only for that, I, I think that that would be weird, right? Because mm-hmm. you apply this question to a missionary going to an unreached people group on the other end of the world. Their, their primary driving motive is is to share the gospel. Right. But then that motive, why do they want to share the gospel? Well, because they want to obey the father. They want to be like Jesus because they love people, because they have a compassion for the lost, because they, they understand the reality of heaven and hell. Like all of those motives mix into that. Right. Yeah. So I think like for, for us, if I were to go and join, um, a CrossFit gym, Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going here strictly to share the gospel. And, and I don't really engage in people relationally beyond uh, gospel kind of like metrics or whatever. Like, so you show up, you don't even work out. You just there you tell go. people so about Jesus. That would be disingenuous. Yeah. Now, I, again, I, I think we, we look up from where we are and our passions and, and how God's wired us. And we apply that gospel filter and say, hey, I'm, I'm part of Little League. And I think I would be part of Little League if I wasn't saved. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I'm engaged in that community and I'm serving and, and loving people. And, and man, I want the gospel to, to shine to that community. I want to be able to share Jesus, but in ways that, that flow out of my, my love for the game and my love for people yeah. and my love for my kids and love for other kids. Like I, I, I think you just, you, you, people are complex. So just be real yeah, and so, recognize that's part of the mix, but it's, a, it's not just one single driving motive. So I do actually, I want to dive into 
I guess, missional practices or what maybe you and I do to be a little more missional and just kind of lay it out like what it looks like to do that. Um, I think that'll be part of our next conversation in our next episode. But as as I was thinking through what we just talked about, uh, I think there's a possibility that someone could be listening to this right now and realizes, man, I'm, I don't even connect with my own church that well right now. Like I, this is Valley is my church, but I just come to services. I don't really know people that well. Um, how, so I, I want to do something a little more utilitarian, like you were something with utility, like how could we encourage someone to get more involved, to build, build relationship within the church at the moment? Yeah. So the, the whole community thing's huge, right? So Valley is becoming a place that where, where community is real and genuine. So I think some little things like, man, if you come to church and you sit alone, that, that's, that's not the way it's meant to be. Yeah. Sit, sit with someone, talk with someone, meet someone. And if you're a Valley member and, and, and you're, you're, I mean, if you're listening to this and you are engaged, man, if you see someone alone, engage them, connect with them, invite them out for coffee or for lunch or for dinner, like be inviting yeah. and, and look for opportunities to enter into those. If you are maybe on the outskirts, maybe you just attend services, look for those opportunities. We have lots of them. Yeah. We have things like Valley Ford and we have guest lunches and we have membership classes and we have seminars and we have ministry events. And uh, so engage Yeah. as you engage, you'll begin to, to figure out the people that you, you, you connect with yeah. and that you build some community with. And so Take an, take the next step, whatever it might be. 100%. I, I agree with that. And one thing I, I've spoken on this in the past, if you are, there are opportunities, there, there are life groups, there are things that you can do. But I also think that sometimes people come and they want to be connected, but they don't really, um, they're waiting for someone to invite them to do something. Listen, I, just a really quick story about myself. I have grown up basically a loser. <laughs> like I, not a loser, but like I, I've grown up pretty much a wallflower. I felt, I remember what it was like to not fit in in middle school and high school. I I didn't really feel like I belonged anywhere until I was in college. But what made the difference was in college, I realized like I don't need to wait for other people to invite me to do things. I can invite others to do things with me. I can take the initiative. And that's honestly, I'm still that scared kid that wants to be known in my heart, honestly. But I've taken it for me, it's kind of this conviction of like, but I don't need to wait for others to invite me along. I, I'll, I'm going to go live my life and invite others to come alongside with me. And through that community is created. So I, I would encourage anyone to just not wait, right? Mm-hmm. Just take initiative. And I think that's kind of the, um, the, the principle between both the things we just said is just take the next step. Yeah. Take some initiative. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's worth it. All right. So I think that's it for this, this episode. We're going to return with another conversation uh, about kind of like examples of missional living, but I would encourage anyone to, you know, if you want to get more involved in the community of the church, take the initiative. And uh, yeah, just one last reminder that we are doing the CPC baby bottle fundraisers. So uh, if you've got those, fill them up with change. Cash change your check. Let's hook them up. (laughs) 